0: Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm uh, Matt, your host. With me this week is Joe Perez, a co-host. Unfortunately, Liz Harper, the EIC of the site and our third chair, can't make it because she is currently driving through the West, um, possibly having adventures, uh, hopefully not adventures uh, in the weird West, because, well, then again, is there any non-weird West? I don't know.
1: I haven't learned uh, that yet, so probably not.
0: But at any rate, you know that she's out doing that. Uh, if you're listening to Liz, hi. Uh, hopefully you're having a good time with, with your with your road trip. And um, yeah, there's there's a fair amount of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, I'm positive that tomorrow all sorts of new stuff will be revealed and we'll be like, why'd they do it on Wednesday? But for right now, um, some stuff that's coming up in the future, we'll, we'll mention uh, Overwatch PvP beta is, I think, today. Yes. Uh, the 26th. Um,
1: At the time of this recording, yes. Yeah.
0: There's a sign up we're going to talk more about there's a sign up for overwatch two beta as well but uh on the 28th uh diablo 2 um resurrected is going to have its first uh latter season that's two days from now um uh wow's wow's children week is in like a a week that's you know but the overwatch league season five is starting next month on the 5th and then on june on june 2nd diablo immortal is coming out for mobile devices you will be able to play the game on It is releasing on that day and a pc beta of diablo immortal is also launching uh which is another thing we're going to talk about in fact i think we're going to move straight into talking about
1: that we might as well i think
0: yeah um i was doing some research on our site's coverage of the original diablo immortal uh, announcement back in 2018 um and on that article in the opening ceremonies part of the article uh, one of the articles we wrote Alex Zebart, who no longer works here, but is, you know, forever with us as our, as our chief emeritus, he mentioned that he thought it was going to come out on PC at some point. And that was the day it released, the day it was announced four years ago, he put it in. Yeah. This will come out on PC. And now he is right because they have announced that as soon as it drops on mobile, they're going to have a beta test for the PC for Diablo immortal.
1: An open Joe.
0: Yeah. An open beta Joe. You've talked before about how you weren't happy that they were putting it out for mobile at the time. What do you think about this change?
1: I think it makes sense. And this is something I talked about when Diablo Immortal was first announced um, way back when it makes sense to have a mobile game. Sure. But with the way that computers are set up now, there is zero reason not to make a port for PC, especially when you're doing development already with Android uh, and iOS in mind, those games have been ported over very successfully to the PC and cross play uh, like over the years, like crazy, crazy good. Um, the one that comes to mind as a really good example of this is a very popular game that some people love. Some people uh, have some issues with the monetization, which, again, it's a free to play game, which OK. Uh, but Genshin Impact is a really good example of this. This was a mobile game. This was a game that was free to play on mobile devices, and now it's on PC, it's on PS5, it's on the new Xbox, it's on Switch, uh, it's everywhere. It is literally everywhere. And that's the other really interesting thing about it. Diablo Immortal being made for those mobile systems getting ported to PC, we're probably going to see them start to look at porting it to other devices as well because again well, I
0: joked about when when we were talking about what are they going to announce for Diablo Immortal tomorrow I joked that were was going to we going to they were going re- to announce a, a switch port or maybe a playdate port Yeah, would these- use the crank <laughs> and then the next day PC you know and so it does feel like you know this is the first step and they're going to take it to consoles next because Diablo has been a franchise that has been going on to consoles for the last three consoles.
1: And not only, well, it, even before that, I mean, the original Diablo existed on PlayStation.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. I uh, But I was thinking the, the Xbox and PlayStation 3, then the uh, Xbox and PlayStation 4, and now the Xbox and PlayStation 5. So, but yeah, absolutely. You're totally right.
1: So it's a good move on their part. It's something that I think. If they would have uh, if they would have made this as a decision at the original announcement, I think some of that backlash would have gone away immediately. But also, I understand what they were trying to do with the mobile market. A lot of people I know play mobile games like I could turn around and my wife will be playing some Disney game on her her phone. Uh, It's a normal thing that people do. It's not what I like to do, which now means I was already planning on maybe caving and putting it on my phone, which I don't like to do. I don't like playing games on my phone, but now if it's coming to PC, I'll try it on PC. I will absolutely. I was actually looking at running an Android emulator on my PC to play Diablo Immortal because I did not want to put it on my phone.
0: (laughs) And they've actually stated that people talking about that is one of the reasons they've decided to just go ahead and port it. Yeah. Because if people are just going to run it on an emulator, why not spend the time to make it actually look good and make it run natively as a PC game? And I agree with that idea. Um, I was thinking about putting it on my tablet. I will not play games on my phone. The screen's not big enough for me. But my iPad's big enough. I was thinking of playing it on my iPad. Now that it's going to actually be able to be played on a PC with an actual controller, yeah, I'm interested. Um, I'm very interested. It's just,
1: it's a smart move. It's just a smart yeah. move. It it, it 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 makes it more viable to more players, especially now that we know, like, there's going to be story elements there's going to be things that we're going to be looking forward to in here that you know players like us want to see or players like you and i are kind of all about like we want to know that story we want to know the interim stuff so yeah
0: and plus there's like there's other games out that are very similar to what this is going to be there are other like mmo ARP- arpgs uh i think want to say lost ark is an example of one
1: yeah lost ark is another great example of it it's a mo it started as a mobile thing as i believe as well and it's it made a huge impact on PC. Yeah. And
0: um, it, it just makes sense to have, to, to make sure you've got the Diablo audience that, that you already have interested in this game. I mean, there's no reason to make a game that's not for the main, you know what I'm saying? Like the Diablo audience is out there. You might as well get them too.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, and so. they're, you're getting people that normally wouldn't have done it this way too. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I want to make sure that I'm perfectly clear. I have nothing against mobile gaming on phones. Oh, yeah. It's just not something I personally engage in. So this I, gives me an opportunity to engage.
0: For me, Captain Blindy, it's literally just the screen's not big enough. That's that's all it is. I, my phones are not... I've not got a phone that's big enough. But I have mobile games on my iPad. I've been playing uh, um, Bejeweled. There it is. There's a word. Um, I've, I've been playing Bejeweled on my iPad all week. Since two weeks now. Um, and I love it. I like having like that game on my iPad so I can play it when I can't play something else. Uh, but I don't... I don't like using phones. Just and, too small.
1: And speaking of mobile games, finding their way to PC, there was a, literally a dungeon crawling game that just released. And I can't remember the name of it, but its entire interface for doing combat or anything is Peggle. Hmm. And it is absolutely fascinating. Peggle, the game that started as a mobile game and like has been around forever is now being used as a primary interface for a PC game. So like mo- they have their place. They, they definitely do. Uh, so I just thought that was an interesting thing to throw in there. Now Diablo Immortal can join the ranks of Peggle.
0: Uh, but while we're talking about Diablo, um, another thing they announced—the the, the the thing the reason we have some news this week is because uh, Activision Blizzard had their earnings call uh, this month. They actually this week, and uh, one of the things they announced was that Diablo Four is in full uh, entire company internal testing. Like, it's, it's everybody now. It's not just the Diablo team in-house. It's everybody at Blizzard is, has got access and is testing, which is a step along the road to the friends and family that usually comes next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we were estimating, I wrote the post originally saying, this game's probably not coming out until 2024 at this point. Don't get too excited. But if they're already in, in, in internal testing, that means friends and family is probably within a couple months.
1: If not and, sooner.
0: Yeah, if not sooner. And then if friends and family has been a couple months then after Friends and Family is the closed beta. Mm -hmm. And after the closed beta is the open beta. And after the open beta is release. So they could theoretically release this game in either 2022 or more likely 2023. My thought is that if they release it in 2022, it's going to be on December 31st because that's when the original Diablo launched on December 31st.
1: That would be a hell of a deep cut and I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. If it doesn't launch in 2022, then the next most likely candidate is in June of 2023 because Diablo 2 launched in June. Mm -hmm. If it's not that, then it will be December 31st, 2023. And that is the one I think is the most likely target for them to hit. But I was originally thinking 2024 because like, I'll just say it. They lost their lead designer and their project director. Both are gone. Um, they had to replace them. Usually that means a game gets stripped down again, goes back to the drawing board a bit because the new people coming in have new ideas, but apparently that didn't happen. Or if it did happen, it happened really effectively. Like they did it efficiently and, and got it out of the way quickly because to have the entire, the, the game across the company in internal testing means they have not a final build, but a build that contains everything they want to test. And that means that the game is probably in some form of completion. Not like when I say completion, I don't mean it's done. Playable, I'm not saying, polished. Yeah. But more importantly, the narrative is likely there. It may not be like, there may be a place where it's like, this will be replaced with a You know, cutscene goes here or this quest not here yet, but the game is in a state where they can benefit from having people who don't work on the team test it and that's a big step forward what do you think about this how is it like are you surprised that they managed to get it here
1: yes and no so this partially confirms a weird random thought i had a long time ago i think i mentioned it on the podcast but like i think nobody paid attention to it and i don't blame them because it was a horrible horrible tech nerd thing this makes me feel like they moved to an agile production pipeline um which means that when you start working on stuff, you have like runway points. And so you can actually allocate resources in a consistent manner for projects to keep something on point. What that also means is if they would have had to go back and rechange anything, or if they wanted to change anything that they would essentially allocate the points specifically to do that parallel to everything else that we working on to keep, production moving along so i'm actually kind of excited to see that um and i think that's really good it means that they've recovered especially for diablo 4 which we now know is a game that has been stripped down and reworked and uh started over multiple times even before the recent hardships so like the like fact,
0: every diablo game that's ever come
1: out like every diablo game that has ever come out um so it's I'm excited. It's a little bit earlier than I anticipated. And I'm really keen to see how quickly it moves through this, because like you pointed out, if they've released it to everybody internally and people internally are playing it, which means they can give their feedback. They are pretty close to friends and family. If not, they might already be in friends and family and just not mentioning it. Um, because there is a v- extremely tight NDA on those. Um, as somebody who we were, I know I have, I think you have, we invited at some point to friends and family for past games. You cannot yeah. talk about it at all. Period. Yeah,
0: shut up. Yeah.
1: Right. And so Unless they might they already tell be you
0: there. it's okay to stream it. which yeah. Sometimes they will do. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, you don't talk about
1: this. So they might already be at that point and they might already be moving forward. And we're going to, I think we're going to see that beta happen relatively quickly because that's where they're going to get a lot more valuable information for like a wider player base uh, of people that aren't technically in the know or aren't invested internally. Cause there's always, there's this thing I talk about sometimes where there's internal QA and there's an internal testing of people that understand what the processes are, or, you know, somebody who works on world of Warcraft as like a systems designer has an idea of like building code and building a game. And so when they play a game, they look at it differently than me or Matt who don't have a background in that sort of development would play a game and look at it from a player's perspective with, you know, this is what we don't like. It has nothing to do with understanding where they were going. Right. So it's a whole different perspective. I think we're yeah, going to see is it. Not to later. say
0: that these people are not players too.
1: No, no, but, but they are, their insight is different.
0: Old, yeah. To use an old example, they know how the sausage is made. Yeah. And so it's never the same for them. It just, it's not, you know, that's just a thing that happens.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I was getting at. So thank you. But yeah, I'm excited.
0: Cool. All right. Um, next thing we're going to talk about then is this is one that I know I'm excited about. I knew Liz was extremely excited about, so I'm very sorry. She's not here. Sorry, Liz. Um, we're going to be able to transmog to a gray or white item with with what's now called vendor trash. Mm -hmm. You will be able to keep those things and use them in your transmog. You can put your, your legendary pauldrons. You could transmog with this, with the appearance of like the twill set. Uh, if you had, if they were cloth, I think that's really cool. Um, I don't know how often I will actually use it aside from some weapons, but I think it's really neat because it, it frees people up more. I'm always for removing transmog restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a time in the past where I wasn't, but I fully come around and I'm absolute on board with anything that removes transmog res- restrictions in this way. So I am super excited. Um, do you have a particular look you're going to probably put on here?
1: Uh, top hat, worgen top hat, because it is a white item.
0: (laughs) That's true. It is. I forgot about that. There's a bunch of the defias mask comes to mind for me for any leather wearers. You know, I actually think the defias mask might be cloth, but it's, it's a white item. So you can't use it in transmog, except now you will be able to. So that's, you know, finally face bandana. Um, I believe there was a similar looking item that dropped in, in burning crusade, off of mobs in the Draenei starting area that was actually green that people used to farm for like crazy because it was transmogable. And now you'll be able to use the Defias uh, mask. So that's that's great, in my opinion. That's the one I'm thinking I'm going to go for.
1: It is always good whenever they are removing restrictions. The less restrictions there are, the better it is. So, I mean, I, I'm i always for this, 100%. Yeah,
0: and the last thing we're going to talk about before we move on to questions and stuff is... uh. The Overwatch 2 beta has sign-ups that are starting tomorrow. So like, if you want to be in the Overwatch 2 beta, Blizzard's got sign-ups right now. Like, Not as you're listening to this, unless you're listening to it live. If you're listening to it live tomorrow, if you're listening to it recorded, either they already started happening, because this usually comes out a few days after. So yeah, you may have already missed it, but if you're listening live, go, go, go sign up. If you're interested, Um, I get motion sick when I play Overwatch, so I'll probably sign up, see if I get in, see if I can play the game now without getting motion sick. And if I can't, well, unfortunately, I can't. But that's still, in my opinion, pretty cool that the signups are going. Overwatch 2 is making a lot of strides out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, it does feel like it kind of came out of nowhere, right?
0: Like we didn't hear anything about it for a very long time. And suddenly the PVP PvE split. We've going live with a uh, Overwatch. Uh, the, the Overwatch League season is going to have the new edition. And now we're going to start testing it today. It's like testing right now. Overwatch PVP is testing right now. Um, and then the beta sign up for Overwatch 2. It's like, okay, uh, you guys have been working this whole time. Apparently it's it's good to know. Finally, um, I'm interested just because it feels like Overwatch is in a place where it ha- it's going to either evolve and change into something new and really cool, or it's kind of in trouble. I don't know how you feel about that. Maybe you feel different.
1: I was excited for Overwatch Two, not for PvP stuff. What I really want is I want the single player uh, or multiplayer campaign mode where it's the story. It's co-op. Uh, that's I don't know if that's still happening. I don't know if they they haven't really even talked about that. If I recently have they
0: they talked about splitting it and then they said it would be later. I don't recall what they said it was going to be.
1: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. As far as the regular side goes, not it, it's going to it's going to be good for people who play it pretty religiously or regularly, uh people who enjoy it. It sounds like it's going to be a good fun time, especially with the way they're changing the meta up, but yeah, I'm I'm going to wait. I'm waiting for the story mode.
0: It's interesting because um, one of the bigger competitors for Overwatch is Legends. Uh, Apex. Apex Legends. Apex Legends? Apex Legends. Apex Legends, geez. Yes, Crystals and Apexis Birds, Max. Crystal Legends. Yeah. <laughs> but Apex Legends is one of WoW's biggest competitors. It, and it has stuff that, that Overwatch 2 is going to be copying.
1: And Valorant um, like, as well.
0: Like, yeah. Eh, Valorant. I just, I'm sorry. Valorant is, but it just... Apex Legends. The reason I'm bringing Apex Legends up though is because Apex Legends is by Respawn. Yep. The same folks who made Titanfall and Titanfall 2. Titanfall was very much like Overwatch in that it just came out and it was basically just just multiplayer. It was just multiplayer fighting in big robots. But Titanfall Titanfall 2 had an had a story mode and it was a really good story mode. Um it was a fast story mode. Like it it was maybe 20 hours total.
1: I think it was less than that, but yeah, it was quick
0: uh i didn't i took 20 hours to do it so whatever um i guess i'm slow but nevertheless it was it was good it was it was pretty quick uh but it had a lot of stuff like it taught you how to play like if you wanted to then go play titanfall 2s at multiplayer you would know how from the single player and it had a weird time travel you know section i just remember thinking like respawn's done a lot of good stuff since but i that titanfall 2 story mode that to me is what Overwatch should be really looking for. That should be what Overwatch 2 looks to do. And then they should release more stuff later. Like constantly release whenever they do an event there should be some story content. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's what I think their model should be. I don't know what their model is. I have no idea what they're going to do for story stuff. Um, but I really hope that they look they, they take a nice look at what Reese One did with Titanfall 2 and then they steal it. Steal it hard Blizzard Steal it so hard. It make everybody be in and sudden giant diva robots. That's fine. Diva's battle suit now starts talking to her, and when she blows it up on people, there's a sad moment where it's like, I will always remember you, Diva. That robot made me cry. Dang it. Did you did you play that? Story I did,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: That robot, seriously, there's the part where you're falling to your death and the robot saves you. And you're like, You're a good guy, PG. Oh. Anyway, yes. Very good story mode. You definitely steal it. Um, But I think that's basically it for the uh, various top stories. Um, Yeah, I'm not seeing anything else. Yeah, yeah, transmog. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to move on to doing the uh, questions and email bit. So if you've got a question for the show, we have multiple ways you can ask. Um, The first is to go to our email. Send us an email at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. so we know it's for the show? Cause we got three of them now, guys, we got three of them and they all need questions and we'd love it. If you'd ask multiple questions, but please tell us what the questions are for. Otherwise um, uh, J- Joe has this robot he sends over and I have to like dismantle it. And it's, it's really challenging. The robot is shorter than you expect. So it's, it like completely dodges. It's like golden. I remember playing golden. I, you couldn't hit Ajab. job no matter what you did, you couldn't hit him because he was short and stuff would go over him. It's like that. That's my secret. Um, yeah. Also, if you don't want to send an email or deal with a like robot, um, you know, I, I really want to talk about power Rangers all of a sudden, but we can't do that. <laughs> um, but I'm really interested in that game, that article you're writing. Uh If you don't want to do that, you can go to discord and we've got uh, two channels. We've got the Patreon Q and podcast questions channel for our patrons who get first. I look at their stuff first because you guys keep the lights on here. Uh, It's thanks to you that we have these podcasts. And so we like to reward you for your support by taking your questions first. But if you can't support us for whatever reason, we do understand. Uh, And that's the Q and podcast questions channel. That's just for non patrons because we do look at there and take questions from there too. Um, So yeah, at this point, um, since it's just Joe here, I guess Joe and I are going to alternate. So I guess I'll read one. Go for it. Yeah. First one is from Ishanchi. I Ishanchi, I don't know how your name is pronounced Ishanchi. I'm sorry. But uh Ishanchi says, "Hey, I'm hyped. You as well, I guess. One thing from expansion reveal caught my eye uh, my ear. Uh, they said that Evokers will be a mid-range caster. Do we have the concept of mid-range in game right now? Uh, if not, maybe other classes as well move to mid-range?" Evokers standing alone in between melee and other range will be weird. Uh, can't wait for more info. Uh, Ashanti. I'm going to point out that for a while, Enhancement Shaman were essentially mid-range. Um, and they were basically it. Because they'd go into melee to punch things with you know and get Maelstrom charged up. But then they'd move out for their shocks and lightning bolts and all that stuff. And then they changed it so that Enhancement was pretty solidly just melee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where they are right now in my opinion i mean i haven't played it exp- enhancement that much this expansion but when when it started they felt very much like they were locked into melee um as of right now i can't think of anybody who i'd call mid-range there are like none. it's basically yeah this basically just up close under its butt
1: or well, it's, you know what it's actually junk. there is one go ahead paladins feral druids actually have an ability to melee at a ridiculous range. Like oh it, yeah, that's
0: fair. Yeah. I, th- I
1: think they can melee at like 10, 12 yards, something like that. Um, which puts them into what I would consider a mid range area. Um, I don't know why cats can do that, but cats can definitely do that. Uh, but they're the only one that even remotely comes close. Otherwise everything has the 41 yard is the cap. I believe I think it's 40 yards or 41 yards. Um, as far as like how far you can be from a target's hitbox to actually affect them. And this also includes healing. Having something that exists in a mid-range, to me, is somewhere in the 15 to 25 yard range. Uh yeah, that which, makes sense. which means you have to be closer, which also means, in my uh opinion, a much more difficult job as far as interfacing with mechanics go. And the reason I say that is I'm, I'm looking at the Sepulchre of the First One's uh, raid environment. And all of those fights are absolutely terrible <laughs> when it comes to, like, that sort of middle ground. Like, I'm thinking of, like, the Dreadlord fight. If you are middle range, you are just in the middle of so much garbage. Uh, same thing with the Pantheon, the Prototype Pantheon. You are in so much garbage as far as, like crap on the ground to stand out of or to avoid Yeah,
0: it's going to be interesting to see how this mid-range thing works yeah Um, because we still don't know what it
1: means yet right
0: yeah if mid-range comes with more mobility like right now a lot of long-range casters have the disadvantage of not having a lot of casting while moving so they're balanced out in that they they're free they're they're able to avoid a lot of the stuff that drops on the melee But the disadvantage that they have to compensate is that when stuff does come for them, they have to move, and that breaks their damage. Like a rogue could just auto-attack and move five feet, but, you know, like an enhancement shaman, I mean, I'm sorry, an elemental shaman, or or a, you know, a mage. (sighs) Has to use a a, cooldown. Yeah, has to use a cooldown, or just has to, to eat moving. You know, if we have to move every
1: three seconds, the that, only that range, seconds, you know, I was going to say the only range that, that doesn't have that restriction are hunters.
0: And that's because they can auto attack at range. Yep. So they, they still do have, but then again, a lot of hunter stuff is also insta cast. So that's the big nukes most classes have, has somewhat of a cast time. I mean, there's obviously everyone has certain insta casts that they will be using or dots. Like if you were a shaman, you'd probably put the like flame shock on something. Mm-hmm. If you knew I have to move right now, a flame shock. Or, so or I would use,
1: dot. or I use spirit walkers. Grace as a cooldown to yeah. to move and keep going. Right.
0: As a healer. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think, uh, it's been a while Does since I've, el- I think it's been a while since I've elemental them. Don't remember if elemental still has it or not. I'm pretty yeah. sure they do. It's been a long time.
0: I, I've never, was never a particularly good elemental shaman, so yeah, take it with a grain of salt. But point being, that's the the thing. If the mid range caster has a lot of mobility, if they're essentially like a demon hunter but at mid range, yeah, I was
1: just going to make that comparison. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then then it would be less troublesome for them because they'll move, but they'll still be doing stuff.
1: Thank you, Padilla um, and Chat. Uh, elemental does still have spirit walkers. Cool. So, uh,
0: and there's there's like. I I honestly, I want to see what the Evoker does because it feels like the Evoker has a lot of similarities with uh, Shaman in that they're calling elemental forces, but they're calling them from a draconic perspective rather than like a Shaman's perspective. So rather than like it being really fire, it's the power of the red dragonfly or the blue dragonflight. So there are certain... Elements of it that are similar, but it's, it's, it's based around the magic of the flights and not, you know, not to pure elementals, Mm -hmm. pure Mm -hmm. elements. So, and we do, I don't think there's anything from the black dragon flight. I think there's red, blue, uh, green and bronze and the healing version, the healing evoker is based around the green, the emerald dragon flight and the bronze dragon flight. And the DPS evoker is based around uh, red and blue. Uh, the the red dragon flight and the blue dragon flight,
1: or as those in the Magic Gathering community call it, is it colors? But yes.
0: <laughs> so, I, I it kind of feels a little bit like we, we're talking again about Power Rangers. It kind of feels like the Power Rangers. Um, but so I am interested in seeing how it works, but we don't really know much about how it, it works right now. The only thing I can remember from the uh, the presentation is that they will have one ability that's basically I go up in the air and I just fly over and I deep
1: breathe on you. Which I'm I'm totally here for. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. But that's the only
0: thing I can remember, and that feels like it would be very much a move and damage at the same time ability. So that might be the the basis for how mid-range is going to be working here. Like, you're constantly on the move while doing damage. Um, But the the trade-off is, you can't get out as far, so you have to stay (laughs) somewhat close to it. But you don't want to go into melee, because you are squishy, and you will take a lot of damage so there's there might be a ba- I, I can see this being a balancing act um i don't know what the evoker healer is going to be like at all
1: um, yeah we know that it's going to no be idea. based off of like from what it seems like uh a combination of like druid slash aoe healing so who knows plus rewinding time seems like a really rad way to heal things so i i'm really curious about this class in particular uh I, it's been a long time since they've added a new class to the game. Uh, races we've gotten a ton of, so that's that's while it is exciting that we're getting playable dragons, uh, it's not as exciting as a whole new class. Something that we speculated only a few weeks ago, really, that they weren't going to do. So, I'm, gl- I'm one, I'm glad I was wrong on that, not gonna lie. Uh, mm-hmm. but it is fascinating because every time you add another class particularly with a healing sort of lean into it it's the balancing is always something that fascinates me so i'm curious how they're going to balance out what their what their niche is going to be if there is going to be a niche because they seem to really be pushing players back towards niches again so i'm just really i'm excited and really curious to see what they do so
0: that yeah I, i mean we do have other things to talk about but i am curious what will healing on an evoker be like?
1: I mean, like, I'm going to roll one. I'm absolutely rolling one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and keep in mind, too, the evokers, the, uh, the Drakthir evoker is similar to a Pandaren in that they can pick their faction. Yes. So they're both both uh, Drakthir will be both Horde and Alliance. So you don't have to worry about that. But all Drakthir are evokers and all evokers are Drakthir. That's it.
1: Ra- random, as, random aside, I've already reserved the name that I'm going to use for my Drakthir evoker.
0: Mm. <laughs> is it Trogdor?
1: It is not Trogdor. No, um, it is for for those uh, who are No, it is Kokusho because because uh. <laughs> I'm playing a black dragon. Dang it. <laughs> uh, but I think that's enough for that one. Unless you have anything else you want to add?
0: No, I think we can move on to the next one.
1: All right. The next one isn't uh, seems like a pretty simple one. This is from uh, Mithriac. Tear died on Fall Glades, correct? You are Correct. Uh, Tyr Titan Forge, keeper, mightiest of the Watchers. uh died fighting one of the Cathraxi. Uh, Two, Two of the Cathraxi. Two of the Cathraxi. Excuse me. In uh, Tyr, Tear is Fall Glades. Yeah, back then it was Tears Tears Fall.
0: fall. Uh, and the ones he fought were uh, Zachajaz, who I love the name of. Every single it time
1: was- I want to do Jazz Hands. Every single
0: time. Jazz. Yeah, Zachajaz, uh is the one that died fighting Tear. Tear killed him first. But unfortunately, Kithix, the second one, got a really good shot in on Tyr while he was killing Zekajaz, And while Tyr did turn around and give him a good old smack with his hammer, he, that sent him stumbling down the rest of the continent until he died where Zul'Gurub was eventually going to be built. Um, Tyr himself succumbed to his wounds and was entombed in the uh, Tearsfall Glades. However, I will point out, his body isn't there anymore.
1: Yeah, we don't know where his body is.
0: So it is theoretically possible that he got up because we don't know if the, the watchers could die. And for that matter, we know that at certain point, the watchers had the spirits of the Titans inside them. Like for instance, uh, uh, as you know, as not as, I keep wanting to say as but uh, Amon spirit was inside both Odin and, uh, master Ra. Like it had, it had gone into them and, and Ra pulled it out of himself. And put it inside the waters of the um, Vale of Eternal Blossoms. And eventually it reconstituted and we saw it in Antorus. We don't know how it got there. So it's possible that Tyr got up because he had the spirit of a a Titan inside of him. And therefore couldn't really die. We don't know. It is... I've been thinking about this ever since we've seen the cinematic with that guy that everybody keeps saying is tear. And at first I was like, no, it can't be tear tear died and tears fall. But I'm like, wait a minute. How do I know for sure he stayed dead? Anyway, I just thought I would do that to to both myself and Joe.
1: Yeah. Now now this is that silence you hear is like pieces falling Uh, like you're pouring out the bin of Legos. Yeah, I I'm really curious, too, because like I've I've been wondering since Legion where the heck his body is. Is it there? It would be interesting, though, because the Dragon Isles had been cut off, so it couldn't really be him. Except least-
0: it could, because Tyr died before the
1: Sundering. Do you think they took his body back? Because we saw it.
0: Or that- he got up and went back.
1: Because that person we see closing off the Dragon Isles. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so I, I do that know.
0: happens. The, clo- uh, the Dragon Isles are closed off after the Sundering. True. Because they're not islands before that. They only become the Dragon Isles when they get blown up.
1: What if, you know, what if we're, we're going back to Aldamon, right?
0: Yeah. And keep in mind, Aldamon is where Arcadis and Ironia ran.
1: The people that he fell. was traveling with.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What if they went and got his body?
0: Yeah. Maybe they did. We don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if that answers your question besides the affirmative. But yeah, lots of things to talk about there. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for that one. Matt, do you want to do the next one?
0: Sure. I'll give it a shot. Uh this one is from Jack Jack. Um I don't know every time Jack Jack every time I see a name I think of uh the John Carter's books. See I always think Which, of by the uh, way.
1: I always think of Jack Jack from the, the from the uh uh Incredibles. Jack Jack.
0: Now I think of of Jedek uh you know like the Jeddicks from from uh the John Carter stories. I'm going to also just as a subtitle here the John Carter stories are written with an extremely racist point of view in them. That doesn't mean they're not good to read. They're not fun stories, but do be aware of that. Like when I say racist, I don't mean like they're racist against human peoples, although they are. Um, That's, that's in there. Uh, John Carter himself was a soldier for the Confederacy. Um, There's a whole thing about, about native Americans in there. So that's there. But the whole thing is built around the idea of like these separate humanoid races on Mars. And it's, it's derived from uh, Theosophy. The Madame Blavatsky thing—it's—it's it's Helena Blavatsky's stuff. It's really interesting, but it has nothing to do with this question. And now I'm going to actually read the question. Cue for the podcast. Uh, with is now going to the Dragon Isles. I think it's supposed to be with us. With us now going to the Dragon Isles. Do you think Alex Alexstrasza will actually let DKs come, or will they, should they, uh, be yeeted, you know, to like GM Island whenever they try to zone in because they <laughs> desecrated a red dragon corpse? I think they should be yeeted or at least be hostile to the all red dragon and NPCs. If they completed the quest, the quest he's talking about is the one to get a mount for DKs and Legion. And I'm going to say up front, I don't think that anything like that will happen because gameplay trumps lore.
1: Almost always.
0: Yeah, and they're not going to make it so players can't go experience the expansion because they're playing the class that decided to desecrate a, a, a red dragon corpse. I do think that it would be funny if they continue doing what they did in Battle for Azeroth and had red dragons be extremely salty about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> to the point where if you play a, a DK and you're doing quests, uh, I forget which zone it is. It's the creepy dress var. If you're doing quests in Drusvar as a DK, there is a quest you will come upon where a dragon is trying to get people to help them and everybody else is just hero help help us. But if you're a DK, she's like, get away from here defiler, and you have to talk her down. You have to be like, look, I, I get that you're upset, but right now we kind of have a common purpose. And the best part is when the person she, she, she's afraid of shows up, it's a DK and he tells you, Oh, but I'm only doing what you did. I was inspired by you. I want a cool dragon mount too. And and she's literally standing right next to you, looking at you and you're like, this is awkward. Um, I get that, but don't do it. So it's two expansions ago. I feel like it's a quest we can talk about, but that kind of thing, that kind of preservation of it is something I want to see, but I don't want yeah. see players not able to play.
1: Yeah. I, I don't want players to not be able to play, especially because I know some very lovely DKs uh but i would like to see some continuation of of the knowledge of what dk's did even at the end of shadowlands like even knowing what what dk's were doing even knowing what we were doing you know i'd like that to be not okay right and that's fine like having we talk about this a lot things being complicated and messy isn't necessarily a bad thing it isn't necessarily bad for storytelling as fact, having some tension with Alex Straza and the red dragon flight, if you happen to be a DK or having it be a story point that comes up at large for all of us, I think would be fascinating. Like imagine if you are in this land of, of the dragons, you're in the dragon isles, you're in the city and you're dealing with the dragon flights And you're in a party and the DK happens to be getting the cold shoulder, but you don't have any idea why. And then it comes up that Alex Roswell points out, yeah, by the way, uh, that one wanted to raise the corpse of my dead children. Like that gets messy and complicated really, really quickly because like, yeah. And, it, it can and then the
0: paladin fun. in your party is like, they tried to do that to, to Tyrion.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they tried to do that to Tyrion. Uh, but like you could have those moments where it spills over, but yes, I don't want them getting yeeted. I don't yeah. I don't want anything that prevents somebody from playing or participating. Uh, it was the same way. Like, even if you chose to be a Sylvanas loyalist or a dissenter, you still played, you still had interactions and it did have payoff even in the last few weeks. Like, those were good. Those were good things. Um, having effect that carries through with you always going to be a good thing. That's what I would like to see. And Alexstrasza has every right to be be angry. She lost her sister. Her kids are being defiled. She, she can't even have kids anymore. Like And now we maybe start making up for that a little bit because now we're at a point where, like, DK can make some atonement for it right like we're helping mm-hmm. cl- we're helping reclaim the dragon Isles. we're helping get some of their homeland back we might be helping power them back up so they can maybe have babies again like
0: i would love to see at some point bolvar comes back and <laughs> bolvar goes to talix Strauss and is like i'm really sorry uh when i was the death the, the uh lich king that i had them desecrate your kids bodies i was a bit upset about the thing where you cursed me with flaming death that will never die my bad Shouldn't have taken it personally. Can we just let this go? And Alex it being like, no, no, no. I, I just think that yeah. would be great.
1: Yeah, no, I think it would be great again, messy and complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but All I think right, we can move on to the next one. one. <laughs> yeah. next uh, one to you, I think. Yep. This one comes from Tendo. Will games like Hearthstone Diablo immortal and other mobile games be added to the Nintendo store for the switch. I honestly prefer a lot of games on switch versus mobile. Uh, I think there's a really good possibility about it. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but I think there's a really good possibility of starting to see those types of games being ported over to the Switch, especially if players are asking for it. Like well, You know
0: you- that Diablo 2 Resurrected is on the Switch, isn't it?
1: Is it? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. You-, you talk for a minute. I'm going to look.
0: Okay. I'm talking. Yes, yesterday- no, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that you're right in that it is cool to have them on the Switch versus a mobile device. I think Switch is more engineered as a gaming console first and its mobility is certainly there and it certainly is, part of it. it is
1: on the switch by the way
0: yeah i knew overwatch was uh but i didn't know if uh diablo had made it over diablo 3 is so diablo 2 i wasn't sure if it had made it or not but yeah it has that i think that's cool i would like to see more of that um they've got like a year before they finally owned by microsoft and things get complicated
1: well, even um, even it's not even gonna be that complicated and we talked about this and this is actually a spin-off question uh, that I don't think anybody's asked. I don't think you're going to start seeing uh, these games disappearing from other consoles when their own is a subsidiary of Microsoft uh, because probably not. No, that's money on the table.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that Microsoft has shown a very much more of a willingness to have their games on other proprietary systems than those other systems are for them, if that makes sense. Like, I've seen games that I know are on the PlayStation on my Xbox. The Xbox does not care as much. Um, they, the Microsoft gaming would rather sell you the game, whether or not you're going to be playing it on the, the PS5 or the Switch or what have you. I think it's probably going to still be on the Switch, especially for games like Diablo, which really works well on a console and works really well on a mobile console. Because then you can play it like on you know your bus ride or what have you. Don't play it while you're driving, please. Please don't. Road rage is a real thing. Do not play Diablo <laughs> while driving a car. But while uh, riding in a car, sure, go for it.
1: But also, I'm I'm one thing I will say is to bring it back to the question. I'm actually am really surprised that Hearthstone hasn't made it to the Switch yet. And I'm Yeah, it's kind of weird. And I'm not sure why. Because there's tons of other like card centric games on there. Uh I think even like Slay the Spire is on there. There's it would be f- I think to their benefit to maybe put it on there, even if it is free to play. The only thing that I could think of that might be putting it at a, like maybe a disadvantage is monetization through Nintendo store, because everything you purchase goes to the Nintendo shop. So if you have a, a free to play game that has in-game purchases, your purchases are managed, not inside the game, but they're purchased through the Nintendo eShop. So if you are buying packs of cards or expansions, that might be the complication. That might be why we haven't seen it on there yet.
0: That might also be why Immortal doesn't go there. Maybe because immortals. Monetization is also going to be along those lines.
1: I mean, there's, there's a possibility of that. We'll see. And I think it's, and I think it is that free to play sector. That is the, the, I don't want to say the gray area, but it's the coin toss, right? Like it's, it could keep it from going there. It could make it go there. There could be a version of it that you purchase uh, that comes with X amount of stuff up front uh, that you then get to play. Like League, of, yeah. like League of Legends used to do that, right? So League of Legends has always been a free-to-play game. But back in the olden days, when you still went to like brick-and-mortar stores to buy video games, despite the fact that League of Legends was an online-only game that you downloaded and free-to-play, you could actually spend money on a card, and it came in like a little box and everything else. Like you you would expect like a game to come in and that would give you access to like all of the champions, a bunch of skins and a bunch of other stuff. But it did this monetization outside of anything else so that you didn't even have to spend your money through the Riot interface. Like you just did it at a brick and mortar store.
0: Yeah. It was basically how GameStop could sell you League of Legends stuff.
1: Yeah. Because the game was still free to play. There is also the possibility that they do something similar, maybe with Diablo Immortal, if there's enough since of a reason. Since DI
0: is going to BC, and I'm sorry, I'm yawning, but uh, <laughs> since DI is going to BC, there is a possibility, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's also something in the voice Your if it's something you want, make sure you let them know. That's Hey, I would be interested in this being here. Like, you know, that's constructive criticism. That's constructive feedback, right? Like, there you go. Yeah, I think you're up next, Matt.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, in this novel.
1: I can do it if you want.
0: I'll give it a shot. Uh, this one's from Mertini. I assume it's pronounced like Martini, but with Mert. Um, question for the Blizzard Watch podcast. I just listened to this week's podcast, and your half-hour discussion about talent got me thinking. It's This one's not going to be that long, guy. Um, very few of my talents in Shadowlands are choices. A couple are reactive. I need to change between column A or column B, depending on whether I'm in a raid or in a dungeon or the covenant I'm in. Uh, A couple are a a genuine choice where I can do the same thing but in slightly different ways. Then the rest are just rows where one column is the best and it never gets changed. The current talents could almost be completely removed and just baked into the class. Instead of removing it, Blizzard are giving us a remake with uh, much more choice. Is this something you think we can can be unreservedly excited about? Or are there any potential downsides we're not thinking about? For example, one thing I've heard people worry about is being forced to spend talent points on getting an interrupt instead of it being baseline. Uh, Mirtil, Martini, um, Brewmaster monk, so I think Martini is in fact like Martini.
1: yeah,
0: uh, from Silver Mooney Um, I will say that you can be unreservedly excited about anything you want. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you, you're wrong to be unreservedly excited about anything. If something excites you, be excited. That being said, I think Joe and I have already kind of listed some downsides. I feel like we've both kind of been on the somewhat negative side of this, and I don't want to like repeat that, like I, because because we've done it, we've had that discussion. You listen to it. Um, we've we've had two of these talent discussions. Also, I will it's say not fair this. if
1: Liz isn't here to yell at me.
0: Yeah, Liz needs to be here because this is really a it's a situation where Joe and Liz form like the rock and sock and robots, and I just kind of sit back and go, oh okay, um, but. I will say this, um, stuff like you're talking about there, like having to spend points on getting an interrupt, that's not a choice. You have to get the interrupt. You are going to be required to have it. Um, if nothing else, Raiders will have to get it. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can tell me that if a class has an interrupt, but it's a talent. Yeah. You're going to be taking that talent. And so it's no longer a choice. It's only a choice if you can do without it. If you don't need to pick it, like here's an example from the old days. You did not have to go Titan's grip in wrath. If you didn't want to, you could be like fury using two one hand weapons. Were there problems with that? Yeah. Cause it was mechanically not, not viable, but the choice was there and it was a different playstyle. If you can't do that, it's not a choice, but if you can do it and it's viable or even semi viable, then it is a choice. Even if the choice is do I do I do less damage, but I look cool. That's still a choice, although it is not ideal. You want, ideally, you want the choice to be one where you will not suffer for having made it. You just it gives you a different approach. That's that's a choice. Um, I have to do like I have to take Earth Shock because I have to be able to interrupt spell casts.
1: Earth a
0: talent. What? Yeah, but it, if, they, if they made Windshear. it one again. Yeah. Yeah, but Winchur is now. Yeah. But we're talking about if this new system, if they say, okay, Windshear's Shear's not interrupt anymore, windshear's gone, you take a talent that gives you Earthshock again, and Earthshock is now an interrupt again, like it used to be, boom. This, that's not
1: a choice now. But this is also part of my this is part of the thing that, that is a reservation of mine and one that I've been thinking about a lot more frequently over the especially since last week is I'm really curious what gets carved out of the class and put into the talent trees. And the reason I say that is because they made it a point to point out that there are two talent trees. There's your class specific one and your role specific one. The class specific one is the one that worries or the yeah, the, the class specific one is the one that worries me. If I'm playing a shaman and all of my core key abilities get pruned from the base kit and moved into the tree, that's a problem. That's no longer choices. Um, and that's that's the part that I am concerned about. You are perfectly okay to be absolutely unreservedly excited for it. Part of the reason that I'm not is simply because I lived through vanilla talents. I lived through that. I played that when that was the only thing that was available to us before all of the quality of life. And I don't want to go back to that personally. And that's always going to be part of my fear. It's like you pointed out here, that somebody are forced to spend talent points and get an interrupt instead of it being baseline. That is a fear of mine. That is something that I'm going to be giving feedback on when it's available, when I have a chance to to look at the new talent system, when we can play with it, if that's something that happens, because that's not something I want. And yeah, I don't—
0: like, go, ahead, go ahead. I was
1: going to say, like, imagine not having—and like and I'll use Shaman again as the example because it's the one I'm most familiar with— If you had to choose to pick up lightning bolt, like I'm not saying that they would ever do that. And that's sort of an extreme edge case, but like, just imagine if something that's so core identified to you isn't there anymore, or if you have to spend uh, points to get totems and I don't just mean totems in general, like you don't have healing stream Totem, You don't have a water totem unless you spend a talent point. And if they do something like that, that's bad. If they make it and have more meaningful choices, fine.
0: Yeah. Like, imagine if there's a, th- like, there's a the difference. Like, he just talked about not having a uh, healing stream. Now, imagine if you could take a talent and this talent, there's two, there's two or three different talents that you can pick. You can't get all of them because they're too far down the tree, but one of them turns your healing stream into a combination healing stream, mana stream. Another turns your healing stream into a cooldown where you drop it and it does a, Big damage reduction shield or something. The third one makes your healing stream. Rege- you know, not only does your healing stream heal people, it also puts a heal over time on them. And every time it ticks, it refreshes the heal over time. These are that. different approaches to how healing stream works. But it, t- it changes
1: the item. It doesn't replace yeah. it. Or right? it doesn't
0: mean. Yeah, you don't have to take any of them. You could theoretically say, "No, I don't want any of that," and you'd still have healing stream. But now. <laughs> You got these options that change the way Healing Stream works, and that would affect the way you heal with it.
1: And that I would be on board with, like stuff yeah, like exactly. that. If if you were to, if, the, if the talent trees wind up being things that do augmentation to your core abilities, then I'm fine. If like imagine
0: you- you know, imagine like for fusing warriors as an example here, imagine if you have like Titan's Grip is a talent that you have, so you have to go down and take Titan's Grip to get dual wielding two handed weapons. That's fine because if you don't go down and take it, you can have, you know, you'll be single-minded fury and you'll just do that. But what if there's a talent that turns you into a two-handed weapon and shield tank? But that's, you know, you can still tank without it, but now you want to have Titan's Grip while tanking? There's a talent for that. It's like the, the one that Crusaders get in Diablo. That is a cool choice that doesn't automatically, it's not a must-have, but it is cool that kind of thing. Stuff that makes the things you have better or different in a way that will change your playstyle, that gives you a choice. But say you just say, okay, Shield Wall is now a talent. Well, I'm a tank. I, I have to have Shield Wall. I, I can't not have my big cooldown.
1: Yeah, I can't. It's so like, that, I, can't, I can't not have Healing tie Totem. Yeah, I can't not have Spirit Link Totem. Like, These are things that are just core to, to my identity yeah. as a healer. If you,
0: if you get rid of them entirely, that's one thing. I mean, we'll, we'll adapt, we'll learn how to do. But having them still be in the game, but behind a 30 point talent investment, and there's two of them, and you obviously can't have both. Like, Which this spoilers, a that's how it anymore. used to be, by the way. Oh, yeah, totally. But it's like, it's not a choice anymore. It's like, I must go as far down the healing as I can to get these things. So, uh, so long viability in other ways because i don't have a choice here so that's that's something that i think we can we can talk about being a possible downside that i think not everyone's thinking about uh, i do think there's a bit of nostalgia and a bit of wow we're going we're going back to the lenses. To yeah I, I do think that that's there to a degree um a lot of people who play wow classic think that because stuff worked works the way they like in wow classic that it would work in the modern game and the modern game should be more like wow classic and i don't think that's true um but we'll see. Uh, the talent system is coming. We'll see what they do. Yep.
1: Uh, but at this
0: point, I think we got to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, that's gonna. I think that's going to be it for us today. So Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ad-free site experience.
0: Oh, Joe, can you do the other thing that you do?
1: Absolutely. And as one final reminder, folks, those of us at Blizzard Watch still continue to stand with the employees of Activision Blizzard, as well as the game industry at large, as they work to demand change for a better tomorrow and a safer work environment.
0: Absolutely. Um, thank you again for, for doing that. You did it on Lore Watch the other day. I'm like, I've got to make him add to that on the uh, main show. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh for liz who was not here this week and we're all really sorry about that um because we could have had much more we could still be talking about talents if liz was here um and i'm trying really hard
1: to be constructive about this i really no, am. i know
0: i know and i appreciate it um but you know liz next week we've got some stuff to talk about uh but thank you uh for on behalf of myself and of course joe thank you for being the rock as always joe
1: i am not the rock. literally
0: yeah not literally you're not but you are like you're like our stony danza you are the Stony Danza of this. Podcast.
1: And I, as, and for those of you at home, we—I was robbed. Stony Danza is absolutely what I'm going to call that guy forever.
0: I'm actually calling him Stony Halinka. But
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: thank you guys for being here. Thank you for uh, listening to the show with us. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you've got a question for the podcast, you can email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com or use our Discord channels, uh, Patreon and Q questions channel, or just Q and podcast questions channel. Uh, we appreciate everything you do to support us, everything you do to make this show possible. And uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll be back next week.